Greetings, fellow investigators, and welcome to our video podcast, Into the Darkness, where my friends and I play the Call of Cthulhu role-playing game. I'm your host, Tom Rayleigh. The scenario is called Cadenza. It was written by Matthew Sanderson, and it is from World War Cthulhu Cold War Covert, covert op Actions. I am not sure if you can purchase it from anywhere anymore. It, if you find a copy, snag it. It's good stuff. Matthew Sanderson is our game master, and this is episode one. So without any further delay, let's begin our journey into the darkness. Matthew? Right. Thank you very much, Tom. So it is the wee small hours of Friday, the 19th of July, 1974. Our agents, our investigators, are laying asleep in their beds in London. Because if they've had a late night the night before, it's going to go badly for them. They've got a long day ahead of them. So about three, three between three and three thirty a.m., you each receive a call waking you up, so in the dead of night, um, from a contact that you've had in SIS, from one uh, Thomas Kellerman. Uh, for those of you working SIS, he is your um, your normal handler. For those of you that are in the CIA, he is a contact that you have previously dealt with in SIS. He would be considered a friendly. And he informs you that you have all been invited. It's one of those invitations you can't really refuse uh, to a briefing that will take place in Century House at 5 a.m. Uh, for reference, dawn happens six minutes later, say at 5.06 a.m. So you're still you're arriving in the dark and your briefing takes place just as the sun is starting to creep up over the horizon. So after probably grabbing coffee, uh, getting a taxi or getting a car across London to Century House and arriving a little bit before the briefing, because no one arrives late to these things. That's uh, generally considered bad for your uh, your career prospects, shall we say, let alone your health. So in the, the waiting room outside uh, Kellerman's office, we'll go around the table and do a quick series of introductions and descriptions of PCs. So starting with uh, Dr. Longshaw, how about yourself? Yes, I'm Dr. Wraith Longshaw. I am a scientist, and um, apparently I'm on call at all hours of the night, regardless of uh, what I've been doing for a week. Um, my specialities are biology, chemistry, physics, um, forensics. I have a generally rounded scientific knowledge. Okay, and uh, Mr. Morrison, how about you? Uh, Mr. Morrison is kind of a, uh, a slender, short uh, individual. Uh, very in, indistinct, would fit in well with any crowd, um, but it's pretty obvious to notice he has a pretty nice watch on, a couple of nice little... Uh, lapel pins he's uh he's not dressed cheaply uh and he is swigging coffee like uh he he doesn't seem too broken up that uh, he was woken up this night almost like he's used to it <laughs> all right uh, mr young how about you so victor young is a cia agent who is a engineer technical specialist and saboteur he has a stubble beard and 
he's got this cowlick that he can never keep quite down. And today he's dressed in a polo with muted colors because he's learned to stay out of sight and in the background. Very nice. And Mr. Holden. Carl Holden. Um, I'm uh, from Cambridge originally, uh, visiting London at the moment, but I'm based in Istanbul, where I do translation work for the consulate. Uh, I'm also a second generation SIS. My father served as well. Um, it's an interesting post, and um, being a crossroads gives me ample opportunity to employ several of the languages I speak, at least conversationally, if not fluently. Very good. And last but not least, Mr. Gursky. Yes, I'm uh, Stan Gursky, a surveillance and field officer, a sort of counterintelligence uh, specialty. Um, uh, I also happen to uh, speak um, both Polish and Russian. Um, uh, very good at you know human and sigint type uh, operations and you know skills. Um, I look you know sort of a uh, dressed in fine fine but casual clothing uh, you know rather uh, nondescript um, you know got short bangy black you know brown hair like myself um, five o'clock shadow. Uh, he is also drinking coffee and he's uh, smoking. Nice. It's the seventies. Everybody smokes. So the one thing then is you've all sat down and you come in over the course of a few minutes as you kind of clock eyes with each other and kind of nod politely to one another as you realize you're all waiting for the same thing. You all have trust in section 46. You are indeed all section 46 operatives and you're able to identify each other as such. So there might be something going on in the back of your head thinking there's a reason why you as a group have been brought together. Does anyone want to uh, say anything before going into the meeting really? Wraith is in stunned silence. I can see oh, his yeah. moving. Uh, I'm sorry. I People tell me I need to speak up. And I forget to speak up. But, uh, the only ones of you that I am familiar with is Victor there, Victor Young. We've worked together. I'm, I'm not, I'm not um, a violent individual, so I'll stand behind you all when there's gunfight. Well, hopefully, if we do our job well, Dr. Longshaw, there won't be any gunfights. I like the sound of that. Or at least, if there is a gunfight, it'll be over like that. So you won't need to worry. I'm, I'm sorry. It was my attempt at humor. Yeah. Um, Gursky, Stan Gursky, uh, good to meet you. Looks like we're doing, uh, doing a, you know, a uh, cooperative uh, you know, one for this one. Oh, I'm curious to see how you do things across the pond, Stan. Touche. I uh, thought that my informant Kellerman that I was visiting the UK was a formality, but apparently they keep tabs on us for a reason. It's the implanted chips. I'm I... sorry, it's another attempt at humor. Noted. Do they, do they do that in the CIA? No. I don't know, do they? No. Soviets are trying. I think they're trying to. I, I don't know if they've gotten it to work, but. Uh, the, the Soviets are so far behind in technology that I doubt seriously they're able to do anything like that. 
Oh, I, don't I think would even work on it. But. I would say someday we'll all have technology that will track us in some way or the other on us. Well, if it's Soviet technology, you're going to have large vacuum tubes sticking out of the top of your head. I wonder when they're going to get to it. It was up late last night. Well, with, with talk of sci-fi passing, uh, there is a buzz that sounds and the door clicks open and uh, a familiar uh, face, Kellerman, pokes his head around the door and kind of gestures for you to come in. It's like, uh, come in, folks. We haven't got much much time for this. We're on a bit of bit of time pressure. He, uh, he invites you into a room. There's a long table, which he sits one side of it and you know, gestures for you to take a any of the seats on the other side, nice, comfortable padded, padded chairs. And he, he uh, parks himself down again with a pot of, uh, pot of coffee on the table, not too far away from him. Looks like he's been partaking as well. Um, he kind of straightens, straightens his uh, blazer up, looks between you and says, I, I hope you've had a chance to uh, do some introductions because I need to really cut to the, uh, cut to the chase on this. So we're at a, Bit of a time pressure that uh, there is going to be a plane waiting for a uh, plane waiting for you at RAF North Holt within the next hour and a half. Mm. Um, <sighs> there's the the car outside will be ready to get you all to the uh, the air, the airport within the next half an hour. Well, it's leave in the next half hour. It's going to take you about an hour after that to get there. So, as I said, brief. <clears throat> uh, we've had a report come in uh, within the last few hours that. Uh, an individual on RF Aquatiri, uh, based in Cyprus, uh, Wing Commander Thomas Musgrave, second in command to one Group Captain George Knight, who is the base commander. Um, he contacted us directly because um, SIS have a presence in on the airbase. Uh, reported that a technician, uh, one Bryce Corporal Bryce Fredericks, uh, on duty at the number station on the airbase, was assaulted just after midnight local time last night. Or rather than this morning. Uh, they run an hour, about an hour ahead of us at this point in time. So that would have been equivalent to our 11 p.m. here. Uh, the base has been on lockdown since then. They've reported that electrical systems on the base have been subsequently going haywire. Uh, Musgrave admitted to us in confidence that he has been caught in a honey trap. Um, only us as SIS know uh, know about this. No one else on the base needs to know, and he's made that quite quite clear to us. And we're quite happy to uh, to accommodate his request on this matter. Now, oh. an artist from Limassol, uh, one Evering Cartal, uh, drugged him and attempted to blackmail him with photos of them in flagrante delicto. This is where he looks to the uh, the two CIA operatives. Um, <clears throat> and then looks to the SIS in the room. Um, as you will be aware that we've got some colleagues of us, some of our um, some of our cousins from across the pond helping out on this operation. Uh, it seems that uh, our communication from uh, Aquatiri to here got, let's say, intercepted by some friendly, uh, some friendly mutual friendly contacts. And Washington got onto us pretty quickly when the name Cartel came up. Because uh, the description of this uh, Evelyn Cartel matches the, the description of a known, um, an unknown female photographed in the presence of one Mr. Snow. Uh, Mr. Snow has been investigated by the CIA as a significant person of interest. 
Washington has put pressure on London to allow the CIA to investigate and given your ongoing connection of this whole snow affair. So we've, they've also promised to share their findings with SIS. But in the interest of the special relationship, we're working together so that you can get what you need out of this as well as helping us out. We, can, we scratch your back, uh, you scratch ours. <clears throat> so that's why you're having like a cross-agency grouping on this. Uh, this cartel individual, um, she was blackmailing Musgrave, saying that she wanted information about the nuclear warheads on the base. Uh, serial numbers, who has access to the warheads, where they've been stored, the whole nine yards. Uh, Musgrave and SIS believe that the technical problems on the base are usually sabotage being orchestrated by cartel to steal a nuclear weapon. Uh, we also believe that the assaults on the technician were to direct attention away from the warheads. Um, your orders are to apprehend cartel and all other saboteurs and bring them in for interrogation. Now, to make things easier for, uh, for you when you arrive, you'll be issued with cover identities of RAF police investigating the assaults on the technician and suspected sabotage. Uh, this will avoid, question, um, avoid raising undue suspicion and giving you the authority, as you're outside of the normal rank structure, to question anyone on the base. Uh, the only people on the base that know you are intelligence operatives are Knight, Musgrave, and I believe um, LAC Palmer, who is going to be your of immediately liaison that they've delegated to deal with your requests rather than having to do uh, worry the top brass with anything that you need. Uh, the real RAF police on the base have been assigned to guard duties. They're staffing checkpoints and patrolling the base perimeter uh, while the base is in lockdown. So you won't have any contact with them. They won't impede your actions or more, uh, more importantly, compromise your cover. Now, as I mentioned, the, uh, the key phrase there, Nuclear warheads. RF Aquatiri is the base of the 9th and 35th Squadron RF Flying Vulcans. Uh, they're part of the Central Treaty Organization. Uh, this is one of the first places where a major tactical nuclear strike would occur from in the event of the Cold War going hot. This is important for us that this uh, that nothing goes wrong here. So I can't emphasize uh, enough how important this place is. And this probably gives you the reason why, and if you've been keeping a track of the media recently, why the British government has refused to uh, acknowledge or at least acquiesce to Turkish requests to use the sovereign base as a, a staging post for their military efforts in Turkey, or in Cyprus rather. That there is, according to all intelligence briefings we have, invasion is almost imminent. Uh, following the uh, deposition of the or removal of the previous president and the replace, uh, replacing of him with Samson, uh, a pro-Eonis uh, candidate and one that is very, very anti-Turk. The whole si the political situation there has escalated to the point where Turk uh, the Turkish authorities want to send in a peacekeeping organisation to basically protect their own uh, Turkish nationals that live on Cypriot soil. And from the reports of what we've got uh, coming out of Cyprus at the minute, even though an invasion hasn't happened yet, conflict is already taking place in various major, um, various major population centres. You, you are walking into an almost active war zone. Of course we are. So, Note it. any questions, any equipment you'd like to requisition, now's your time. What is the uh, condition of uh, 
Corporal uh, Fredericks. Uh, the last we heard is that he's been kept in the infirmary. He's been sedated um, after he was found in a pretty bad way at the uh, number station. So he may or may not be communicative. Um, unknown. You'd be. You'd have to talk with them when you get there on site. And the uh, the uh, purpose of that particular number station. Oh, like all number stations, they they send out messages that then are decoded by one-time pads. Uh, they're providing normal trans normal mission trans uh, transmission to agents in the field. So it's a, it's a general, not a specific broadcaster. Yeah. Um, as a FYI to all of you, as you work in the uh, in the intelligence sector, uh, number stations are. Uh, set up, then they're completely disavowed by any government in the world. No single government has ever um, acknowledged the fact that these things exist. But if you tune into the right radio frequency, you can hear usually a piece of music, and then a very almost artificial or computer voice uh, reeling off a, a list of numbers, hence the, the term number stations. They've been, been picked up by uh, shortwave amateur, uh, radio amateur enthusiasts. And the one that's based on RAF Aquateri has been uh, affectionately called the Lincolnshire Poacher because it plays the Lincolnshire Poacher uh, series of like a few opening bars of the tune. So it goes, well, pardon, my, uh, pardon my butchering of the tune, but something like, and it repeats that a few times. And then after that, it will go one, three, five, seven, nine. And then it'll repeat series of uh, series of numbers in a given order. You, as an agent in the field, could have a radio receiver as a normal piece of equipment that wouldn't raise any uh, wouldn't raise any suspicion if it was found on you, because it's a standard piece of technology at this point in time. But you you tune in at the right time to the right stage at uh, the right frequency, you could get down these numbers, use a one-time pad to then decode them, and that will give you a message. They're on the air all the time. Uh, one of the things that's um, got notable about them is that if they weren't operating on a regular schedule, um, an enemy power, if they knew or had detected that you were using a frequency for one of these number station transmissions, they could monitor when these transmissions went out. And if they went out after a particular world event, they could try to basically use that as an indication of, right, who would take an interest in that particular event and therefore try to work out who controls that, uh, that particular station. Or you can also do the likes of what amateur shortwave radio enthusiasts do and triangulate where the signal has come from, which is how in the real world that that's how they found the Lincolnshire poacher was actually on RAF Aquateri. So, but yeah, the idea is you keep them going on a constant basis you don't turn them off and you, you, know, you always have a regular broadcast that goes out at exactly the same time. So in this instance, the broadcast goes out on the hour, every hour, without, without exception. I wonder if, do we have a small compact Geiger count that I can have as part of my, uh, my equipment? Yeah, I'm, I'm sure we can arrange that. That's not... Uh, not too unusual. I'd like to request some gadgets myself. I'd like a microdot camera, a parabolic microphone, a bug sweeper, and a concealed transmitter. Yeah, he, he nods. He's, he's scribbling down this quite quickly. 
that again, this doesn't seem too uh, too problematic for, my, uh, for myself. He looks around the rest of the group. Uh, I assume as as uh, RAF police, we will be armed with sidearms at least. Yeah, you'll be given a standard sidearm along with your uniforms. Uh, your uniforms will be given to you at um, RAF North Holt. We've got uh, an agent there that's rushing them over to to greet you when you arrive. We have access to anything a little more fun than just the uh, the typical RAF police gear. He kind of he kind of does that almost uh, plumber kind of drawing in breath through his teeth. What kind of thing are you thinking of? Because bear in mind, you've got to be carrying this around and be discreet about it. Oh, uh, not to carry around, but should we need it if we pick up a lead on cartel? Can we uh, raid their stores? Um, that would be down to them if they give, they give you access, but I'm sure they've got plenty of toys, as it were, in their arsenal. Wonderful. Do we have any leads on this cartel beyond knowing she's in town? Uh, the person to call, talk to them about that would be Musgrave. So that'd be when you, again when you get on site. And uh, presumably uh, there are photographs. Yeah, we've been give, we've been contact about this pretty much by by telephone. So all we've got at the minute are descriptions. But say so those descriptions were still coming in enough that it prompted the uh, our friends in Washington to uh, to raise a flag about this. And uh, who worked with Fredericks at the number station? Ah, that I do know. He starts flicking through uh, some papers. There are three of them on rotation uh, at the moment. There's various of the personnel on, on base were seconded over to uh, to the number station. They work a number of months, and then they get uh, they get cycled off. So they are RAF personnel by default, but they have been given clearance to work for work with SIS for this particular um, for this particular project. So the three people that we have running the number station at the minute, they take it in eight-hour shifts every day. Uh, you've got Corporal Reginald Samford, Corporal Bryce Fredericks, and Sergeant Emma Howland. Sorry, could you repeat the second name? Yeah, the, Corporal Fredericks is the second name. Uh, yeah. Emma How Sergeant Emma Howland is the, the last one. So presumably they're both going to be doing 12-hour shifts until Fredericks is back, or uh, would they be able to second a, a third party in? Given the base is on lockdown at the minute, and the normal shift patterns have all gone, uh, gone up this morning, as it were, normally the eight-hour standard shift applies across the base, but that can be reduced down to six hours so that uh, there's four six-hour rotations rather than three eight-hour rotations. But yeah, at the minute, the, num the number station is pretty much on lockdown as well. No one is allowed in or out until you guys get there. It, uh, do you happen to know how that station operates? Is it is it running a reel-to-reel -reel tape that lasts for several hours, or is it, yes? I believe if it's standard, from uh, from what I'm aware of, again he flicks through some some other notes. Yeah, they normally run for four hours tape recording. Um, I understand, though, because there was some kind of electrical malfunction or some problematic, something happened during the assault, that some of the, uh, some of the, uh, some of the technology there, some of the mechanism that has been, has been, is faulty. So they have a tape of the last four hours, which is on a cycle, which is then being broadcast, and it's just on loop. 
there is a there is a bank alongside that that then records the transmission so it sends from one from one bank records on another so that if there's any interference that's on the same frequency they have a record of when that interference is being broadcast so i think that's the one that there was some electrical fire or something happened with it was the inbound one the outbound tape is still running but it's the same tape that's going forward over the over that four hour loop so we've we've sent out as best we can notification to agents in the field to discount that frequency for the time being because it's not going to have accurate information going out to them yes uh and um do we how strongly do we uh assess our idea about for whom snow and cartel might be working gather what information what from what you can snow at this point as far as we are aware within sis is a person of interest but we don't know much more beyond that. I mean, there's there's various theories about this individual, whether he's connected with the likes of the Black Brotherhood. That's the, kind of the key leading theory at the moment. Uh-huh. Yeah, so, all of you with uh, organisational knowledge near or Middle East can give me a, a role on that. Any takers? Do we have allies there to be considered at 20, or is that just no, or is that of one? It's mainly whether you have uh, that organizational knowledge about the about that particular arena. Unfortunately, no. Okay. No worries. It's not um you're at least vaguely aware of the term Black Brotherhood, but you don't know any specific details about them. As the the mundane human or in this case SIS level is that they are a terrorist organization but you don't know much more about what their what their methods or goals are because they seem quite chaotic they don't really seem to have a kind of goal of their own uh, I would like to request a blueprint of this number station should you be able to give that to us I that I can try and dig up that's going to maybe take a bit more time than I'd like um, give me a I'd say give me a luck roll rather than a trust roll because this is whether he can actually get it in the time before your car is due to take your way outside 50-50 both suggest a box yeah but with rooms I did get a hard okay right he um, says right I'll I'll run out and see if I can find something um, anyone else before I head down to records and try and get grab that Yes. Uh, what's our exfiltration plan here? As soon as you've got confirmation that you've found all the support, found anything or found any information that would relate to having apprehended cartel and getting a good list of who other any other saboteurs are and rounded them up, that's it. So bring bring cartel for extraction, bring any other people, any other contacts you've got for extraction. And then as soon as you've got them, we'll pull you out because we don't want to leave you sat on an island in the middle of an invasion either. Uh, we'll get you out as soon as the bombers leave. And I assume that they'll have clothing and stuff for us there for, I mean, we didn't pack bags, right? Didn't no, know we were going to fly. <laughs> they'll, they'll be able to give you changes of clothing and such when you're there. We're not going to have you stinking up the same. Uh, and the same how long will the flight take to Cyprus? Uh, that'll take four and a half hours. Oh, well, that's not so bad. 
sleep on yeah, the we'll, plane. Yeah, uh, the uh, the plane that we've got lined up for you is a uh, Hercules C1 transport. So it's not going to be glamorous transport, but at least it will get you there directly. Uh, there's a, a cargo of uh, spare, sh- spare electrical parts, which is heading inbound there. So you're basically riding along with the with the spare parts cargo. I hope we're not the spare parts. <laughs> no, you're a bit too. Uh, what's the word I'm looking for? A bit too fleshy for that. I guess we should get a a couple of radios as well, since that'll be maybe a, a, both a, a ham and a regular receiver. I guess. Yeah, they can get that. I'm going to pick up my toolbox before we board the plane. Toolbox, you say? Yes, it is It is a mundane toolbox. Ah, okay. That's all That's I need. Toolbox. <laughs> yep, as long as it looks normal, he has not got a problem. Could I actually arrange for janitorial or mechanic uniform? Because in case I want to go incognito, because a lot of eyes will be on the people investigating. Mm-hmm. I'd rather not be seen. Yeah, again, that that he doesn't see as a problem, but you to get something that would blend in with the crowd a lot more, uh, that would be something to request from uh, from the RAF when you get on site. Okay. But yeah, he can give you head he can give them heads up that you are requesting that. That's not a problem. Right. And now that I finally found it as well. Uh, here are the blueprints for the number station. So it's almost as almost as described as being a big box. Uh, you've got the whole perimeter of the the number station footprint is wire, um, electric fence around the outside, then clear open ground until you get to the building itself. You've got a couple of toilets or three toilets. There's a kitchenette, a couple of storage rooms. Uh, there's a generator. There's generator controls. Then the generator room itself. Uh, there's in the main room is num- uh, number six, the control room itself. Uh, you've got the various reel-to-reel banks of uh, tapes up against one wall, and of course a checkpoint. The only way in and out through the area, you everyone gets in there has to sign in and out. So there'll be logs of who's gone in and out at any one any times. Yeah, obviously the blueprints will have a bit more detail about the kind of technical schematic, but that gives you an idea of what the place looks like at least. Excellent. Thank you for this. No problem. Right, he looks at his watch. It's almost half past. Anyone for any more? Right. Um, he hits an intercom. Uh, does a quick uh, quick spiel down there. Says your, your equipment will be waiting for you by the time you get downstairs. Good luck. We'll be in touch, Kellerman. Thank you. Right. As you are was, uh, shown downstairs to your to your waiting car where various bits of uh, say equipment are uh, specific, like your guide counter and such, are waiting for you down there. And you are gathered in the back of a nice long car and head out towards RAF Norfolk, which takes about an hour to get there, even from central London. Uh, with almost no traffic in the early morning. Uh, you arrive at RAF Norfolk, just outside London, uh, as the sun is well and truly up, up above the horizon, but most people in this same part of the world are uh, still asleep. 
and process through the through the open part of the intro part of the airbase, you are met by someone that you recognize as also a fellow Section 46 operative, uh, one Paula Brown, who is there with a series, basically a suitcase, with a series of uniforms, which she hands out to each one of you in turn, apart from one which she makes sure that Holden uh, gets last and kind of gestures that you can see there is an envelope stuck between your uh, trousers and your shirt in the pile. I'm gesturing for you to uh, to maybe have a look at that when you're alone. Thank you, Otherwise, Mr. You Brown. Are. Always nice to see you. Cheers. Likewise, uh, nice to see you on this this side of the pond. Well, I hope you have a hope you have a pleasant flight. Thank you. And she uh, she smiles and God gestures for you to uh, to be on your way. Indeed, you are. Uh, walk through up into the back of the Hercules. So you walk up the long ramp at the back of it, where there's a series of long benches in the rear that you are then gestured to strap into. So the pilot up front uh, comes back with the co-pilot and says, yeah, we'll, we'll just leave you out back here. We won't disturb you unless anything, anything particularly urgent happens, but we don't expect it to. It's a fairly standard flight. We may get a little bumpy as we arrive there, but just regular and just normal turbulence. We've done this route God, dozens of times. Uh, are you yeah. serving snacks and cocktails at any moment? He he just blinks at you. Sorry. <laughs> any serious questions? No, we'll have our privacy now. Okay, just say if you need anything, give us a shout. Otherwise, we uh, we won't we won't disturb you either. Uh, they turn and they head on out as the rear comes up and you start to taxi on down the runway so the, the giant props on either wing start uh, start turning so there is a good old droning sound that fills the uh, fills the whole plane and within a few minutes and that surge of going up um, you are in the air and alone in the back of the plane so time is yours you can see i'm a little Nervous. I've gone a little pale. I don't like seeing Paula because of the organization she's associated with. That means it's not going to be a normal mission. Yeah. I'm right with Victor. I also don't like sitting in the back of an airplane with no windows and on little benches. And You're perfectly safe. If the plane runs not... into trouble, it's fine. You're fine. It's just very uncomfortable. It's not that I'm afraid. I'm more worried about getting into these uh, uniforms that uh I do you, what do you suppose this is? It's scratchy. How is that possible? This this is awful. Yeah, I I've heard that most of them are I imagine uh, sadists who uh, design these things. Well, it's certainly not fashion forward, I'll tell you that much. And he's carefully taking off his his watch and setting it to the side and starting to swap into the uniform. Oh, we can we just swap into the uniforms now? Well, no we time like the well, present. We might as no. well see how badly they fit before we no. land. No point in any modesty, I guess. But... <laughs> not like uh, anyone's uh, peeping at you through the uh, through the cockpit. So you, you are most certainly alone. 
So, Mr. Holden, you're our translator. Uh, you know, uh, I shouldn't think we would require a great deal of translation on a Royal Air Force base. No. Although I do have some American idioms in my uh, wheelhouse. I believe you grok things these days. Is that correct? Not correct. I, I certainly don't. Um, what languages do you speak, just out of curiosity? Uh, I think... Uh, uh, I'm I'm quite good with um, uh, German, Russian, Turkish. I've been in Turkey for I traveled a lot uh, in my youth, uh, and I've been based in Turkey for some time. But I'm cognizant of Arabic and Greek and Italian, so I can handle other alphabets and symbol systems. Um, in fact. Uh, if if whenever we get annoyed by you Yanks, Gursky and I will probably speak to each other in Russian, but pay no mind. Yes, well, uh, I'm quite fluent in Greek, so. Oh, well, that might come I in might handy be able after to help all. If that comes up. It's a Greek island, after all. Geographically, some Cypriots would agree and some would disagree, I think. I wouldn't voice that opinion while you're over there. At least, she'll, yeah, I should probably stay away. I mean, I have working at the consulate in Turkey, I have uh, a great deal of experience in biting my tongue in a way that doesn't damage its linguistic capabilities. If you will. There's a great deal not to say when one is living overseas. I am most concerned when the uh, nuclear word comes up, um, it's not a thing to take lightly in any way. These shoes should be 10 and a half, and they're at least 11 and a half. Do you have some tissue or something? It's, I, these are impossible. Stuff something. No, that's going to be, if we have to walk a great deal, that's going to be very uncomfortable. Beggars can't be choosers. We have to really head out there as soon as possible. Victor, we're not begging. <laughs> well, back in I the States, just... we'd, uh, we'd get first class. Speaking of back in the States, you, you're from the States. You're always about your weaponry and whatnot. Do you, are either of you actually any good with a gun? I know how to use a gun. I'm a scientist. I, I know how to point one and shoot it. I mean, I've had, I had the standard training, but... I don't care much for shooting guns, except in, of course, self-defense. You're in wet works. You're quite used to firing guns, aren't you? Oh, From long distances. I'm, uh, I'm there for when negotiations break down. When uh, Mr. Holden here can't, uh, unfortunately, they won't listen to his reason. I clean well, up the mess. Is that how you do things? Do you not? Not my job. Someone else's then. Keeper, this name, Evering Kartal. Mm -hmm. Does that suggest anything in the way of background or ethnicity? Or does it sound entirely like a made up name like Wraith Longshaw or. <laughs> <laughs> no, uh, it does sound a Turkish name. 
Okay. So it would be entirely plausible that there would be uh, someone living in Cyprus that would be using that name. My, um, my paternal grandfather was named Race, and uh, they wrote it indirectly on the birth certificate when I was born. So I ended up being Wraith. Um, you can call me Dr. Longshaw. Perfectly happy to, Doctor. Uh, doctor in what? Not a medical doctor. Mm. Physics, um, biology, uh, chemistry. I respect the hard sciences as well. You're not that hard. <laughs> Oh, I'm sorry. Yes. American sense of humor is uh, going to be part of this journey. I appreciate. Well, I assure you it's just Dr. Longshaw's. I assure you we're not all hillbillies either. Oh. Hillbillies happens. Uh, all right. Let's see what we have in this unmarked envelope. From our dear friend Paula? Yes. Your old friend, Paula? Yeah. So you all know her. Oh, yeah. Are you that opening it? Like... Sorry, go ahead. Oh, I'm just going to say that confirms some suspicions. Yeah, I don't. Uh, just a note. I would, are you opening it just like in front of us? Or are you kind of opening it where you could just kind of look at yourself? We're all I'm... part of the... Yeah, yeah I'm not making any uh, secret of the fact that, I'm, that I have something to read. Uh, and I'll give it a glance, I'll give it a looking over before I start to share it with you actively. Okay. I'm going to uh, get up and walk up to the cabin door and make sure that nobody is eavesdropping. Okay. If you head right the way to the end of the plane, um, the droning of the engines, by the time you turn around and look at anyone down there, they could be doing a full-blown rendition of Gilbert and Sullivan at the top of their lungs, and the, you wouldn't hear a word up at this end of the plane. Hmm. So no, I, they're, they're not going to hear you. I, I then return to them, and I am the monarch of the sea. The river that Nobody can hear you. Right, opening the letter, or opening the envelope, uh, inside it's in a... Um, written on a sheet of rice paper but it's a quite a lot of fairly dense text here um so the idea is you can then uh destroy it you can quite easily eat it it won't taste great but at least it's it's edible so it's uh rather than saying this message will destruct in 10 seconds that at least you have a a quicker time to destroy it, a uh, much more leisurely pace you can destroy it all right so we've established everyone here uh you know, the last sort of shibboleth before I begin to read aloud. Uh, you know, that Paul is a lovely girl. You'd never, you'd never guess she was 46, would you? And as everybody acknowledges, uh, as Looks we expected. Yes. All right, fellas, this is what we have. Agents Horowitz and Griffin were found dead last night. Both were members of Section 46 on undercover missions. The details of their missions are classified. Horowitz jumped from a fifth floor window and Griffin shot himself in the head. 
Their deaths occurred immediately following the broadcast from the number station on RAF Akrotiri that contained their orders. Their different one-time pads would spell out their separate orders. Standard procedure means the number station is not touched prior to the arrival of agency representatives. Some equipment has been damaged and only one tape is operable, set on a four-hour loop. It is broadcasting on 14.487 megahertz every hour. No reports of other deaths following the broadcast have been received. Agents in the field have been advised to ignore this frequency until further notice. A new set of tapes is being prepared for the number station. They will be ready in 24 hours and flown to the airbase. The suicides are indicative of those who have been exposed to a significant threat and not been able to cope. Their past experience perhaps made them more susceptible to this revelation, which logic suggests was in the broadcast. Advise extreme caution. If any threat is present, do everything in your power to neutralize it. However, with an invasion imminent, the situation at the airbase is extremely tense, as the Vulcans and their warheads will need to be relocated at very short notice. You cannot be seen to be investigating anything not directly connected to the immediate threat re reported by Musgrave until you have apprehended Kartal. This is your number one priority. Apprehend Kartal. Deal with any other threats in the airbase only once Kartal is apprehended under the guise of looking for additional saboteurs. Do not attempt any divide and conquer tactics. You must all be seen to be treating Kartal as your number one priority. This should avoid suspicions being raised as to the true nature of your inquiries and prevent any later probing into your actions that might compromise Section 46. Good luck, Anne. Uh, it'll be interesting to see what the pattern of broadcast this number station employs a message that would cause such an extreme response i would expect to be something complex normally these messages are somewhat simple might have been One. a simple message that said nukes inbound they decided to take the easy way out that's preposterous Nobody would, through fear of something like that, generate such a, 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 an action as to kill oneself just because. But the nuke itself, if it went off, they wouldn't even know that it happened. It would be an instantaneous death. Um, it must have been something else or something was controlling them have any of you heard of the the names griffin or horowitz before in a 46 mm. capacity not i not. no there are lots of people out there in 46 it's not uncommon that you won't know all of them certainly especially far away it just um the allusion to susceptibility based on previous experience is something that I always take seriously. I did not come to sec the section uh, as an eager recruit, but um, as an unintended conscript of sorts. 
So if I'm to replay what, what the message is saying, is that after the operatives receive the numbers signal and decoded it, they committed suicide. That's my understanding, yes. Must be a horrible revelation or something. Well, I'm thinking that it couldn't have been some hypnotic suggestion in the signal itself, because we would have incidences of multiple other agents also doing exactly the same thing. I mean, do we really so, think that the correlation equals causation there? That translating the number stations is why they killed themselves? I, possibly not. It could be something completely unrelated, but... Uh, I don't I don't understand. Maybe maybe they're being targeted. Uh there appear to be there's either a unlikely coincidence or this is at least a two-pronged assault on the base, uh, which suggests that the opposition knows something about what's contained in the messages from the number station. Or again, the susceptibility. We have to get their one-time pads and find out what the messages were. Is the, I wonder if the surviving recording that's on a loop is what they heard or whether it was the one before that. Uh, that'll take some figuring. I hope well, that the I, other two operators are reliable. I'm, I'm also wondering very much whether the two individuals mentioned were, as you say, targeted. What, what They're not going to tell us what they were working on, which is unfortunate, because it might lead us to understanding better why they were targeted. Well, as agents of our uh, 46, they would have access to... Uh, maybe things that man was not meant to know. There are a lot of things that man was not meant to know, and but I... Section 46 does have enemies that sometimes we don't even understand. This cartel woman might be after uh, the section as it is. This whole nuclear thing may be an entire ruse in front of it. So we all agree that cartel is our number one priority? Uh, those are our orders at any rate. Yeah, right. those are our orders. From both the SIS and uh, N. I have a very strong desire to have asked for earplugs as part Ooh, of my... Well, don't translate the numbers. It's that simple. And don't read the translated numbers. Ah, there you go. Except that there would have been more than... I mean, are the, are the number signals only sent to a particular agent, or are they sent in general to all of the agents that are out there? It's a broadcast. They're sent to everyone altogether. So, but only those that have the correct one-time pad can use them for anything. And that's why I think it's a target, because you... The people with the one-time pad would be the, the targets. Yeah, the logistics of how shortwave radio works 
is this will broadcast and you'll cover half the globe with it. So this, unless you've got something that is targeting half the globe, there's there's no way to target just with this transmission. So only the person with the pad that could translate that particular message. Right, they're the targets. Otherwise, it's completely unbreakable. There is no way to translate that number into any other message unless you've got the single pad that it relates to. Right. Hence, they're called one-time pads. Now, Kellerman doesn't know about these deaths. Is that right? We None of us believe that Kellerman is a section member. Is that right? He may have been informed of them, but he's not Section 46, so it's not in relation to your mission as far as he's concerned. And so well, there's a, a, a level of uncertainty here that is interesting in that the SIS knows that this number station is being operated. The RF people have been seconded onto working it, but they do not know that they're sending messages out, some of which are specific to members of the section. And it I, may um, be also that the, the, the messages that are sent may also be decoded by multiple parties to spell out different messages in each instance. Yes, each pad can use the sure. same sequence. Yeah. I'm uh, not entirely in agreement with what you said earlier. I do think that at least one of us should decode and read the message mm -hmm. if possible. I think that we will find that it can't possibly be the exact message. Even if the person was pre-programmed in some manner through brainwashing to commit suicide when hearing the message, we weren't. So I, I mean, I hear you. Uh, if you need a message decoded, then I'm your man. But I just don't know necessarily we should jump to doing that if it's that if if everybody else who's done it has gotten killed so far. Only two people. And. I mean, I guess I can give it a shot, but I, I want you uh, I want you all near me just in case to stop me if I try and do something crazy. You can certainly uh, presumably if the, we get there. Oh, 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 the two gentlemen who opted different methods of ending their lives were probably not near each other at the time, and we can take precautions about studying the transmission in such a fashion that we're not in immediate danger if it's if the revelation is that disturbing. I would hold off on decrypting the I transmissions mean, I, first. Well, it's, I mean, do we even have them yet? <laughs> No, well, we will. We'll, we'll, still in the well, air. Yeah, so say that's that's yeah, avenge. But you know, we'll, cartel we'll, we'll cross that bridge when we get to it. I would be. I don't know if we'll even be able to recover the one-time pads. It depends on what precautions the suicides took. Uh, speaking There's, of which, does anyone want to take any further notice of this before I uh, destroy it? May I uh, uh, signals? Um, why don't you take a look at it and see if there's any additional message that's hidden in the text that she sent you? That would be exactly what she would do. Oh, you mean hidden in the briefing? Hidden in the briefing itself. Gotcha. No, there's there's nothing else unusual. You give it a good, you hold it up to the light, you make sure there's nothing written on it that you can't be able to, between the lines or anything like that. Now, what, what you see is what you've got. Okay. Yep. Shall we all share the feast? <laughs> nom, 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 nom. Suddenly everyone turns into Cookie Monster. Yeah. 
swear they're adding curry. something to it. Yeah, it, it it's better than usual though. I I swear there's something to it. Well, come on, the ink is not carcinogenic. <laughs> uh, don't worry. Uh, few Americans get enough fiber in the diet anyway. There are no few Americans. There are 300 million of us. And none of you get enough fiber is precisely <laughs> my point. Let's, uh, let's grit our teeth and get through this. And then you can get back to your fancy clothes. Well, we'll talk about the English diet after. <laughs> All right. And your bland food. Now, did I catch uh, someone? Was someone planning on listening into the number station broadcast on the plane? Oh, yes. Yes. Okay. We have um, four and a half no. hours. You do indeed have four and a half hours. Why not? Play. All right. Uh, give me a luck roll to see when you choose uh, to see if you tune in at a particular point. No. It's a 94. Okay. Um, you've had the conversation, you had uh, your kind of getting together in the plane. So you, it's a little while before you uh, before you start tuning into that frequency. So this is probably about an hour or so into the flight. Um, but as time progresses, you do indeed pick it up. Um, it broadcasts, as mentioned, on the hour, every hour. And yeah. indeed, familiar tune as per uh, Carl's rendition there. Um, it plays like a normal number station. So let me uh, get the description of them. Yeah. Now, I'm assuming it's not possible to even attempt to decode without the one time. Key. Yeah. Can mean anything. That, Correct, that's right, the whole point right. of why the, these transmissions yeah. are unbreakable because they, exactly. they are gibberish without the other half. Right. So there we go. It's a long list of numbers spoken in groups of five, followed usually by um, or read usually in a female voice. There's nothing. Nothing else seems out. Yeah, there's nothing that seems out of place with the transmission. It follows the same uh, repetition as you would normally expect because the bars themselves are repeated. So that it's it's not blink and you miss it. You do get multiple chances to record these things down. Uh, it follows a standard length that you'd uh, you'd be familiar with. Uh, so the tune doesn't have any variation, and you tune in again the next hour, and it's the same thing. It's there's no, no variation. Nothing stands out as being odd. And this is a station which is uh, reading the numbers in English. Correct. Yes. As they come in many languages, but this is an English one. They're single digits, or or is it is it one through, zero through nine only, or are there double digits? Uh, it's single digits, so zero through nine. And how many sets of five in repetition? Uh, that can vary, uh, but it's always in blocks of five. Right. So, uh, and so, so it starts on the hour, plays the tune a few times, does sets of five numbers. How long is the until it repeats. Uh, I believe it's a few seconds. Uh, there is a gap between each one. So it's got number, 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 gap. Repeat number, 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 gap. And it proceeds. You do, if you are taking note of what gets yeah. put out on the hour each hour, the broadcast on each hour 
is different to the one that comes before it but there's nothing that kind of highlights any kind of there's nothing that kind of uh, raises a red flag Um, it's all very static say again it's designed to be very static in some ways that's everything's you know a monotone system uh roughly how many sets of five numbers are there in the in a transition transmission Uh, they do vary uh, okay. So there can be there's like ten in one, twelve in another, fifteen in the next one. Mm-hmm. Um, are you listening to because uh, you're when you're coming in towards you, you get the heads up from the pilots over. Uh, God, he waves uh, as he opens the front door and then comes down to you, so that it gives you plenty of forewarning that you're uh, that he's coming. Uh, just to let you know, we're going to be landing in about uh, ten fifteen minutes, so we're going to start our or start our descent. So buckle yourselves up. We don't want it to uh, have you thrown around the place. And then he heads back to uh, to give you privacy. Uh, you realise as you're coming into land, it's coming up to uh, four pm local time. So, would it be four pm local? No, it's about 12, 12 noon local time. So, uh, are you listening as you land? Because that's the one, at least one broadcast you wouldn't have heard. Oh yes, that sounds in? very useful. Yeah, a new set. Okay, so you, you keep the you keep the radio on. And then as you start, you're starting to come down that uh, anyone that looks out the window can see uh, you kind of start to circle around and the, uh, the runway approaching ahead of you. Um, at one minute past, well, not even one minute past the hour, that as you descend, the broadcast starts, the same number block. And then that was like, use uh, tune, first block of numbers, second block of numbers, third block of numbers, fourth block of numbers. The fifth is music, and it is way up loud. Um, and but when I say music, this is a cacophony. This is like listening to an orchestra suddenly explodes with just sound over the um, over the transmission. Um, if anyone's got art and craft music, you can give me a roll. Um, where's? Can you remind me uh, if I have another art I can roll with a penalty? Is that right? Is it's like is it like firearms? I'd say yes, because there is certain okay. of transferable, uh, transferable skill. So should I do a, a minus tw- twenty, or just try to? Would I need to get a hard? Or I'd I've say got a regular. The, difficult, the difficulty is harder for you. Quick, so, yeah, quick, give me. quick question, however, I was purposefully not listening. I was also okay, not you, listening. You, so you don't you don't hear it then? Okay. Uh, yeah, unfortunately, with that, I did not pass since I have the wrong kind of art. Okay, but Cole, uh, Carl, you did pass, yes. Yeah, 31 for 40. Right. Uh, you're able to identify that the instrument in question is a theremin that's being played. But yeah, in, in rather than it being a coherent Star Trek tune, uh, this is all over the place. And in fact, if this was a deliberate musical attempt, you would have to be an incredibly talented player to, uh, to get the instrument to do what it's doing. Like, I mean, world-class kind of level of being able to do this if it was controlled and deliberate. Right. Uh, so, fellas, uh, the uh, number station is uh, not broadcasting normal material. We have uh, At an that issue. Point, to interrupt your, um, to interrupt your uh, line, all the lights in the back of the airplane go out 
and suddenly the airplane uh, engines start to start to power down. You have a well a well, a power wide systems failure on the plane as you're coming into land. Oh, give, me, give me a sand check because you realise oh, you're in like a, a basically a flying rock that's coming down at the uh, coming down at the ground. Yeah, I'm okay. Failure. Uh, I'm barely okay. <laughs> okay. Uh, for those of you that pass, it's zero. For those that fail, it's just one point. As you just suddenly think, shit, what a, what a uh, terrible time for this. To uh, <laughs> uh, hey, uh, hey, Victor, you're going with tech, right? Any ideas? Parachutes. Grab them now. We're almost That's on the drastic. ground. I don't think there's enough room to jump out of the airplane. And are we? Like, what's the? Oh, wait, there's no windows. <laughs> oh, there are windows. Oh, there are windows. Um, are, are you looking outside? Yes. Give me a spot hidden roll. Fail. Uh, there's plenty of ground out there, and it's coming up towards you. <laughs> All right, then we need to brace. Yeah, Victor, stay in your damn seat. <laughs> They're trained for this. This is going to be perfectly fine. I'm looking for straps so I can have some mobility in my violent shuddering. There are indeed plenty of straps and cargo nets along the out, uh, along the interior, so you've got plenty of stuff to grab hold of. And in fact, as um, Gerald said, that uh, rather, well, shall we call it fateful line of they're trained for this? You can give me a roll for the pilot. <clears throat> so what they're essentially going to do is they are pal- they're basically doing the equivalent of turn everything off, turn it back on again. So a uh, classic IT support. To see, if, huh? uh, to see if that works. 38, so I'm hoping they're somewhat qualified. <laughs> They've got a skill of 75, so 38 Wonder. is well, well enough. So, indeed, as you realise the plane is gliding and starting to go down, you hear the engine start to whir up again. Lights return, admittedly somewhat flickering inside the, uh, the interior of the plane, and they are able to bring the nose up and bring it down to a controlled landing. You do land with a bit of a bump, but it is not damaging a bump. <laughs> See nothing, nothing to it. <laughs> uh, uh, what, what do they say in the uh, in the RAF? Butter the bread, butter the toast, or something. Anyway, any good landing is one you can walk away from. <laughs> ah, I like that one. Should have flown first class. <laughs> right, as you are uh, coming down the runway, still at fairly high speed. Uh, Looking out of the windows, you can see there are indeed a few things uh, out there that look somewhat uh, as expected. Uh, there's the big wide hangars where the Vulcans are based. Um, you can see plenty of activity running uh, running around there. There's various uh, also wagons and such uh, fire fire trucks running around the place. Uh, you can give me another spot hidden uh, spot hidden rolls again, please. I was I was actually going to ask: Is there like a radio tower? Uh, yeah, there'll be actually there'll yeah. be several. I'm actually looking for the blinking red light. If it's not on, that probably means the power's off in the entire base. Okay. I will give you a bonus die for that. Okay. I was wondering about an EMF charge. Uh, yes, pass. Okay. Um, you see that particular red light that you're looking for. You're fairly sure that it's off, but then yeah, okay. it comes back on again. So it looks like there was a power outage, but it's now stopped. Yeah, but you see, uh, who, uh, who got a first? Oh, hand, hands up! Anyone that passed, keep your hands up if you got an extreme. 
Okay, so just regulars or hards, that's fine. Um, those of you then that passed will see that there is plenty of, say, there's the red light going, finally going on and off that indicates that it's their, their power has returned. And as that power comes on, just as you're starting to pull in towards a hangar uh, where you're going to be disembarking, the hangar next door to it, you can see there's a stepladder uh, that go there's someone up on a step that looks like they're repairing a uh, a tannoy a speaker and all of a sudden as this uh, female technician is uh, sort of screwing with the um, screwing with that loudspeaker there is a jolt of electricity and she is thrown clear of the uh, of the stepladder and lands quite heavily on the ground uh, people start rushing over towards her evidently that that's she's just uh, she is in need of medical attention uh, but any of you have you got base uh, above base electrical repair? Okay, so for um, yeah, for Victor and Gerald then. Oh, uh, and uh, Gursky as well. Oh no, I've got uh, Carl. Okay. I don't have electrical repair, but I've got electronics. Okay, close close enough. Um, those of you that have got above basic, and if you saw it, or if you alert the others to it as well. Uh, there's no way enough electrical current should run through that kind of uh, that kind of equipment to have caused that reaction. Yeah. Uh, Static discharge, just... or yeah, there shouldn't be enough power running through it. That's almost as if she touched a high tension pylon. What's the weather like outside? Really hot. Oh well, uh, I mean, just it's clear, clear sky, completely clear sky. Oh yeah. That almost seemed like a an electro an electrostatic discharge, extremely high voltage, built up from the air. But it doesn't look stormy. It doesn't look cloudy or well, windy. I'd say, I'd say maybe it built up from the plane. All of the electronic systems are suspect at this point. Electromagnetic pulse. Well, that's what I thought might affect both the base and the plane. But the only way to do that would be a nuclear bomb. That is the uh, most commonly recognized mechanism of such a thing, yes. Unless this was a specified <laughs> kind of mechanism that somebody has come up with. Right. But again, given that... Uh, Given that the section is involved, it might be something rather less mechanical. At any rate, we've got to get to the number station and I think shut off the current transmission and replace it with something more standard. Do you think that that moment came at exactly the time? I saw you all flinch as you were listening to it. You seemed to react rather strongly. Was it, what did you hear? It's a, a complete uh, aberration from the normal uh, broadcast uh, on that frequency. Uh, I, I don't know that it's terrestrial in origin. It's very... Uh, after the uh, theremin, the rather exquisite but strange theremin, did it resume numbers with the same voice it resume it resumes to otherwise what would be considered a normal pattern it's just that fifth block of numbers was replaced with this uh, with this tune 
and yeah. the tune ran for exactly the period of time that would have been occupied by the voice saying numbers normally. Before we disembark, let me just say something to you gentlemen privately. I have long wondered if it was possible to send signals into the human brain directly. Um, I, I mean, technically, any piece of music, any piece of information, my voice right now is simply a signal that's being sent into your brains directly through your ears. You understand my words, you understand everything, but I've wondered if it would be possible to send something more directly into the neurons of the brain, um, which might cause somebody to commit suicide. But uh, now that now that you say this happened, and there was a, an electrical short circuit everywhere, including it, Victor said on the base, you saw the lights go off and then return. I think we might be dealing with a brand new sort of weapon, one that could disrupt everything. Something that you could send over the radio. And what's worse is it's very targeted. It's targeted at people who are listening to that number station, which, in theory, that's a great way to out, uh, you know, undercover assets. They're listening to the station. Their entire location goes dark. It's not terribly difficult to find them. Perfect station. counterintelligence. Well, it frightens me even more. What if they did it on, uh, like, the Howdy Doody show? And... uh disabled the United States or the Britain or Dr. Longshaw. Oh, go ahead. No, please. I would like to rein it in and say we should take things one step at a time. Yes, I think it's we need uh, to find this liaison Palmer and get to the number station post haste. The recording they're broadcasting is not it is barren and that at the very least, undermines the purpose of the station. I would like very much to take that recording, isolate it, and do some experimentation on it. Now that's see an idea. I, see if I could reproduce the effect with, in a soundproof room, perhaps. Yeah. Uh, it was quite loud and quite jarring, but I did not have any desire to leap out of the plane and to crush myself on the tarmac, so. Not yet. Same. As soon as I get a maintenance outfit, I want to take a voltmeter to this equipment and do my own research. Uh, Carl, do you think that that music was, uh, well, I hesitate to call it music from my ears, but uh, do you think that was, if it's human produced, we should be able to find the one who produced it, unless you think it's automated, much like the numbers. Oh, you've seen, did you see the American science fiction film The Day the Earth Stood Still? Uh, I don't believe so. There's a there's a there's a there's a an utterly electronic instrument that was developed um, called the theremin uh, that uses uh, proximity of um, human tissue essentially to two different. 
structures to control pitch and frequency and volume uh, gesturally. Um, it sounded like one of those devices, uh, a signal without uh, an analog component, if you will. Surely you've watched Star Trek, the opening theme. I uh, I have other tastes other than uh, television. Well, you know, well, at any rate, um, a, a recording, if it was public, and that was what they used, would be one thing. But if it's a recording that was made privately, then there'd be no way to determine the origin of it. True, although I can't, I, I assume this theremin is not a typical instrument. You can make them from kits, a child can, ah. in their own home. Well, that's one avenue that's pointless then. It, it's an effect. It's a, Electronics can be used to produce music. We know that's in the mood synthesizer and so forth. Yeah, is that the one they use for sci-fi? Yeah, sci-fi in other sense. One hand the... rests over the coil on the right and one on the left that moves up and down and changes pitch and distance and so on. I suppose it was too much to hope that they'd use, you know, pipe organs or something that would be easier to trace. Ah. Yeah, so if they'd used a recording of a particular church choir, well, again, but broadcast recordings are all over the world. You know, you can buy a gramophone recording anywhere in the world and use the same source material. If I were to be operating a number station, I would probably choose uh, an Elvis Presley ditty or something that every, there are eight million copies of in wide circulation that would indicate nothing. Right. There's some good old rock and roll. Uh, all right. Uh, do, do you suppose the captain knows how to find this Palmer fellow? Uh, wasn't I, someone supposed to meet us? Yeah, I think they were meeting us. Well, speak of the devil. Uh, at that point, the plane, you can feel, doesn't quite come to a grinding halt, but it definitely you can feel the plane stops. Um, you are inside the hangar now, uh, at which point the pilot comes out, uh, evidently looking a little bit afraid around the edges. Says, uh, sorry about the uh, the moment there with the power. We have no idea what, what happened there. We could just seem to suffer a system-wide power failure but uh, everything's fine we we got down we got down in one piece well done with the recovery from that it must have been very alarming uh, yeah we haven't had anything like that for a for a long time but you've had it for uh, sheer odds say they, these do happen every so often but they're very very rare events but yeah thankfully uh, normally not, not, not in takeoff or landing. Usually, that's the uh, the no. worst place for them to happen. But anyway, let's let's get your get your equipment off here. And it, as the uh, the back ramp goes down, uh, waiting outside with a uh, Land Rover with the Union flag on the side, uh, there are two individuals waiting for you. Say from the uh, from the various uniform uh, uniform decorations and such, you can see that the one on the left is the wing commander, which would fit the uh, the rank given to you for Musgrave, and the gentleman on the left on the right is a leading aircraftman, so he would uh, correspond to uh, Palmer. And Musgrave comes forward fairly uh, fairly promptly, uh, acting very. Well, he carries himself with an air of dignity that an officer would do. Uh, very much a uh, re rehearsed response. He offers his hand, 
and indeed says, ah, Musgrave, hey, you're uh, here to deal with our problem. If you'd like to uh, to follow me, I've got uh, got the Land Rover here that can fit all um, all seven of us. We uh, we'll get you over to uh, SHQ, get you introduced to uh, Group Commander Knight, and then uh, hopefully have you on your way to uh, to getting this all resolved for us. Very good, sir. Um, the uh, power outage that just occurred. He, he uh, you can see that kind of makes him fray a little bit around the edge, very similar to the pilot. Because yeah, um, <clears throat> yeah, we've had been having a few of those over the last few hours. They they seem to be hitting hitting all over the base. Uh -huh. This would have affected uh, us while airborne as well. Uh, if looks, any of your boffins have an idea how that works, I'd be curious. Uh, you can tell that kind of shocks him a little bit, saying we we didn't realize it was airborne. Uh, surely, surely it was a coincidence. And I'll play yeah, it down. That, yeah, that that would throw a, one hideous spanner in the works if we have to get the get the squadron off the ground real real quick. I am going Ugh. to rather a little covertly pull out my Geiger counter and see if. There is like a large burst of gamma radiation in any particular direction, like underground nuclear tests. Well, the armory and or any of where the warheads have been stored will be significantly deep underground. So you won't have any any real change from background radiation any way you okay. point it, really. So no, no warning flags going up there. You seem quite happy with your results. Yeah, he looked. He uh, Musgrave. This is uh, kind of looks between you. Kind of looks down at the Geiger counter, and kind of mutters, uh, "Yeah, RF police carrying a Geiger counter. That's not conspicuous at all." Um, anyway, um, meet Palmer. Um, at which point Palmer comes forward with a big beaming smile, says, "This is LAC Palmer. He's going to be your uh, your liaison with uh, with myself and uh, the authorities here. If if he can't get it, come to me. If I can't get it." Then go tonight, and if you're going tonight, be bloody have a bloody good reason why you're going to him. He's uh, he's a rather busy individual at the minute, as he will uh, no doubt no doubt inform you. Cheers, we appreciate that. Uh, how is uh, Corporal Fredericks' his condition? Uh, he's currently yeah. in the infirmary. Uh, he's as far as I understand, he's stable. They're just keeping him. They're keeping him sedated at the moment. What do we know about the assault he suffered, if anything? Well, nothing, at least nothing serious. I mean, it looks like he hit his head when he hit the floor, but it could have been that he was hit from behind. Uh, definitely, we're thinking he's concussed at the very least. Um, he, there, was, there was a report that apparently when they got him to the infirmary that he, uh, he woke up and then just started screaming when he saw a window. But that, that's why they've had to sedate him, is because he's just... Some, something's not right with him. I'm sorry, what hour was that? Was it day or night out when he was frightened by the window? Uh, it was earlier this morning. Uh, it, was after, it was after sunup. Sunup. Uh, and who came across him? He was unconscious, I understand. Yes, uh, and it was um, uh, Sergeant Howland that found him. Um, she, reported, uh, uh, she reported it back. 
So it was his normal replacement, and I assume she comes in before the shift change, so there was no interruption of service? Well, he, he pauses at that for a minute. He says, well, uh, Sergeant Howland's shift wasn't due to start for nearly four hours. She came to, uh, well, not for uh, three hours. Uh, she came to, or she went to the number station the best part of, yeah, about three hours before her shift was due to start. Do they have any known relation? Sorry, I just said, why would you do that? Well, do they have any? Do they have a relationship? Oh, he uh, coughs at that. Uh, that that would be completely against regulations. Yes, all soldiers follow regulations at all times, and never there's never any deviation. But... Exactly. Really wasn't a do they have a <laughs> do they have a relationship? I I don't quite like where you're where you're going with this. As far as far as I'm aware, no, there's there's no relationship there. There's certainly haven't displayed any any activity that would uh, give us cause for concern. Just being thorough for yes. a, for our investigation. No, no, that's fine. That's fine. How did Is Sergeant you... Howland? Uh, uh, broadcast the injury to others did she she went radio back or guard. she went back to the guardhouse and they called it in i see um, he's kind of gesturing you to go down to the uh the land rover that they've got uh, got down there out in the main part of the hangar so it's, it's only a few minutes ride to the uh to the shq so we'll have you we'll have you in front of night in in no time We'll need um, something to eat as well. Mm -hmm. I am sure. I'm sure we can wrestle up something for you. That won't be a problem, will it, Palmer? Uh, he's no, no, not at all, not at all. We can gra grab you, go uh, grab your food anywhere you like. Really, we've got plenty of amenities on um, on site. So yeah, we, we're we're not a third world country. We've got plenty of plenty of stuff here. Plenty of fiber. Sorry, I said plenty of fiber. No, oh, okay. apparently no. Do we see the number station building? And are there how many other buildings are there on this campus? Right. Not from here you won't see it. Okay. Um, but I've got a quick overview of the base. So you've landed along the long runway and then come off to uh, some of the, uh, the larger hangars and workshops. So you're in this kind of two area here. So both of these are large hangars. So they're one of them being the one where you could you saw that uh, technician get uh, got zapped with a uh, with a bolt of electricity and you've parked into the next the next hangar along. Uh, you know, for at least from briefing, that the arsenal where the uh, where the entrance down to the warheads is number three. Uh, you're being taken to the SHQ, which is number twenty one. But say so there's a whole load of other bits and pieces here. The kind of central complex area is relatively well built up this is where the majority of permanent structures are based uh, where you've got the junior ranks quarters and the officers quarters again the buildings to the further north they are more or at least once upon a time were temporary structures but they've sub subsequently become more permanent but in other words they haven't taken the temporary buildings down um, but there are still plenty of uh, other more recent temporary structures and even tents that are put up for people that are, that are here that are doing very short-term placements. So it's got almost like a shantytown feel to it in certain parts of it. 
but otherwise you've got plenty of uh, grassland, shrubland, and quite open plains around here. There are there's kind of salt flats up to the north, um, outside the perimeter of the of the base, and then you've got Aquatory Village itself up to the uh, the northwest, past the main gate, which is num number one is the main checkpoint. Yeah, the, the number station itself is number 16, which is way down in the southwest. And then further beyond that still, then you've got the hospital uh, down there. The infirmary is for short-term patients. So anyone that's immediately injured on base goes to the infirmary, first of all. And then for long-term treatment, they're then wheeled off to the hospital. So yeah, in answer, you, you would at least be able to see where the number station is. But from, from now that you're on the ground, you would have seen it as you came in. But now you're on the ground, it's far too far away to really get a clear line on it. And as you're driving through the uh, the alleyways and uh, various roads that head towards SHQ, um, you get a little way away from the hangar. And at that point, uh, Musgrave taps Palmer on the shoulder and says, give give us a second, pull, pull over. And Palmer nods and immediately follows follows through with the order. And indeed, pulls pulls over to the side of the kind of dusty road. There's no one else around you apart from a couple of other, a couple of trucks go past, which fairly normal standard activity for here. And he kind of, uh, again taps Palmer on the shoulder and says, "You want to go and have a smoke break around the corner for a second? And at which point Palmer nods, eyes open wide, in a kind of "I get where you're going, sir." and immediately reaches into his pocket, pulls out a packet of cigarettes and walks off humming away to himself and almost figuratively putting his fingers in his ears. Uh, at which point Musgrave turns around to, uh, to the rest of you and in a more calmer and more relaxed voice says, I just wanted to have a, a few moments word with you before we go in to see the, uh, the boss, if it's, uh, it's all right with you. Right. Um, I'm not sure what they've filled you in on uh, back in London, but I just wanted to reiterate, no one here knows about the situation I'm in. Um, they don't know about the, the honey trap, nothing about cartel, nothing. Uh, I'd prefer it if you kept it that way for the fact I don't want I don't want my marriage to get wrecked out of all of this. So I've, I've got I've got a wife and two kids. And this is this was not my fault that I got caught up in all this. Yes. Um, how did you meet uh, Ms. Cartel? I met her in a bar. Um, it's uh, in the Marina Bar Cafe. It's down in the, as the name suggests, in the Marina District in Limassol. Um, it's a place that I'd frequented. I've literally just started striking up conversation. And we just, we met after a few times just as friends, just as like, drinking buddies. And I think one drink that she gave me must have been laced with something. Ah, so the photographs, the incriminating photographs are not something that you recall? Is that what I, I vaguely recall the fact that she led me away from the bar and then I uh, recall being led into led into a nearby, what I think was a nearby hotel room. Mm. But so well, a coordinated I, I woke, I woke assault. There. Sorry? It was a coordinated event then uh, oh. involving... Have you investigated the hotel at all? Uh, it's just standard, regular uh, tourist trap, as far as I can tell. I mean, I, I passed by it a number of times, um, but they must have had a two-way mirror set up in there because I didn't see photographic equipment when I got in. Um, but, or rather, when I woke up, 
because I, I woke up and found the fo- the photographs on the bed next to me of the, oh. uh, of the things that she did while I was unconscious or at least well at least not myself so uh, they had uh, their at least uh, their accomplices at the hotel their accomplices at wherever the film was developed so a minimum of I would say eight persons involved I'll take your word for it but I know it was definitely that there was a there was definitely a coordinated effort because there had to be to to be able to a make sure I got drunk enough make sure I got enough of whatever it was in there into me and that they then got me towards the hotel before I blacked out um we of course would like to see uh, have photographs of uh cartel mm-hmm. perhaps you've had some edited so that you're not unduly embarrassed by what they contain no he um he does indeed nod and says i in fact i was preempted you there he reaches into his pocket and pulls out one of the polaroids um that <clears throat> admittedly he is in it um but it does show her more her full front in all her glory so to speak Hmm. so striking what would you say 30-ish a little older how old is how old is he musgrave is in his mid-40s so she is definitely younger than him in fact i will just get her age to see if you can get a idea about her Uh, she is, you think maybe a little bit younger than her. You think probably late 30s, perhaps? Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, when you were simply acquaintances, it never came up where she lived or what she did or anything of the sort? No, she kept that kind of information very close to her chest. He <laughs> 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 could- he kind of looks over at uh, Longshore, <laughs> his, his eyebrow raised. Says, this isn't a laughing matter. This is my fucking career on the line, man. I'm sorry, but <laughs> it's. Uh, I give the two of them whispering and giggling over there a look, like don't make us look bad. We did not get a great deal of sleep, uh, sir. Apologies for uh, giddiness. Just uh, you're not the only one. <laughs> uh, certainly. Uh, no, um, since Sergeant Howland found Corporal Fredericks unconscious and she ran off for assistance and then did, did she then take her next shift a few hours later? Is she operating it now? No, the, the standard the standard procedure is that the number station has been locked down. No one's been allowed in. No one's uh, no one's going out. Well, ah, that's no why one, it's a re- no one inside. So there's a single repeating tape. Yes, yeah, it's, it's a four-hour tape that's on constant cycle. Uh, how were they catalogued before use? How much do you know about the number stations operations? I I know a reasonable amount. So say I'm I'm one of the liaisons with with a SIS. Now, just before we lost power in the aircraft, the number station broadcast an aberrant signal. It was not the normal tune, but a, a louder and more elaborate melody. 
uh, on a different instrument. Is Have you ever known there to be a reel of tape that had a different melody than... Uh, he shakes his head in bewilderment as mm. far as I was aware that it was the same the same tune because that's kind of the tune for this station that that's how it's designated as we know that this is what's coming the signal that's coming from this location mm. which means that somebody had insinuated a variant reel before the other events in question which is quite yeah, troubling is- I mean, bizarre. I mean, I could go through the, the technical specifications on how the I know how the tapes work. If that's that's what you that's what you mean. So, there are three pairs of reel-to-reel tape machines on one wall as you go into the uh, go into the number station control room. Uh, they're marked A1, A2, B1, B2, C1, and C2. So, tapes marked one contain messages for the broadcast. The system's automated. It pauses during the silence between the messages and then resumes play for the broadcast for the next message an hour later so that it's not just running for blank period of time because otherwise it would be an insanely long tape. It's all, it's all computer controlled. Uh, once a tape runs out, it automatically re- rewinds unless a technician changes it to the next machine in which they have a, uh, a sequence by which they do this. Uh, these tapes are record- they're recorded in London. They're flown to us weekly. Old tapes are kept in the safe in the in the number station for three days after um, after a week's use, and then destroyed by SIS unless we're ordered to otherwise keep them. Uh, tapes marked two record the station the station's transmission, as uh, so they allow technicians to examine interference later. Uh, these four-hour tapes only record during the transmissions, thus they can hold several days worth of messages at a time. Uh, they also kept in the safe for a month before they're destroyed. So we can constantly monitor what's going out and also listen to how it's been, basically when it's out there in the airwaves, if there's anything distorting it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, normally the A tapes uh, transmit from midnight through to 7.59. Uh, B then transmits from 8 a.m. through to 15.59. C transmits from, four, uh, from 1,600 hours to uh, 23.59. But electrical fires have destroyed all the B and C tapes and only the A tapes are functioning. The electrical fire began in the in the broadcasting area. As far as we understand, yeah, it it was it was um, the fire was currently in the process of burning when Howland arrived, and that's when she she helped put it out and then but, called uh, called for Fredericks to get help. So that's not why she went early. It just happened to already be he was unconscious, and the and there was an electrical fire under underway, which yeah, is why you suspect sabotage. What else can it be? Yeah. Okay. It has to be sabotage, given what happened, right? Right. I mean, do you, you're the expert. Do you think there's any way that that could have happened without sabotage, uh, Young? Perhaps. Something like that, though. You really think that could be a random happenstance and not uh, a predict like a predicted that way? Uh, it might outcome? be related to the power outages as well. Well, and the power surges as well. If you right. imagine that, if the fellow's head injury could have been from him falling, he could have been zapped by some uh, unusual charge, like the woman we saw. You're right. All I'm saying is a convenient coincidence. Perhaps might not be a coincidence. 
That's why we're looking into it. Yeah. So, uh, Mr. Uh, Palmer's let 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 a second cigarette before we uh, call him back. Is there any reason in specific uh, that you think that the uh, blackmail attempt regarding you is related to the events? violence and the destruction at the station it seems to be too much of a coincidence and frankly i don't believe in the word that i i had i hasten to stress at this point that no information has been passed to cartel as yet that we had the uh the silver lining of the uh the action of the junta removing uh removing the power structure that kind of set this whole thing off and with the impending, as we're being told, the impending invasion, that the base has been on lockdown for a number of days. So I've been able to communicate with Cartel and say, look, I can't get out of the base. I can't deliver the information to you. And I've been able to keep her at bay. But how much, how long she's prepared to wait, I don't know. And how do you contact Cartel? My, my instructions were to go to the Marina Bar Cafe, and she gives you the address for the, for the cafe. So you tell us when she contacts you again so we can be there. Mm. Well, if, if she can get through, given say the, given all the electrical problems we've got, our telephone systems are somewhat on the fritz. Yeah. I, and, I would like definite access to those tapes. Um, going back to, well, I don't say this, I, I try to say this not directly, but I go by the date that was on the document. Um, for the gentlemen who can kill themselves. Oh, that would be the start of the A tape. So that would in fact be, um, that's the loop round because it's a four hour tape. Whatever was broadcast at the point where you were coming in, uh, coming into the, uh, coming to land, mm -hmm. that would correspond with the signal that was sent out that those agents, when they killed themselves, okay. or where they killed themselves after hearing that transmission. So I, w I want that tape. I want to be able to examine it. I'd like uh, I'd like a, a place on the, the Air Force base that I can uh, isolate. Uh, We've got a room set up at the SHQ for you. Uh, I've also been able to arrange some to have some uh, twenty-four hour passes that if you need to leave the airbase and if you want to go to the Marina Bar and Cafe, which, to be honest, um, you kind of his eyes open a little wider. If you need to follow up outside the base, I'd really recommend you do it sooner rather than later. Because if it turns into a full-blown invasion, you do not want to be out there in a war zone. It's bad enough no. as it is at the minute. There's already conflict out in the streets in Limassol from the reports we're getting. And that's only going to get worse if the Turks land. Is it so, uh, a matter of scattered gunshot or is it rocks and pipes or... Uh, it's anything from Molotovs up to grenades. Yeah, uh, the the, lo the local military have been very, let's say, enthusiastic about taking out the Turkish population in Limassol. The Turkish community there is already under attack. Uh, we're hearing some pretty, we're hearing some pretty horrible things. To be honest, we've had reports of children being shot in the streets. Um, various rapes are occurring. It, it's it's a it's a fucking horror zone out there. Right. Uh, do you suspect then that um, 
we'd be wise to try to get Kartal into the base so as to be able to question her. Yeah, we, I, I think if, if you manage to bag her, that, that would be perfect. Uh, uh, if, as, I, as far as I'm led to believe, you'll be extracting her from the base. So yeah, I wouldn't, I wouldn't leave her in the, the hands of the local authorities. Hell no. Now, do you know what... Um... Okay, I, I'm cons- I, yeah. I want to get out to the that bar, but I also want to get into the number station as quickly as possible because I don't think we should keep repeating the current recording. No. Well, as far as I'm aware, it needs to stay on the air all the time, and that's the only functioning tape we've got. At least so you haven't received any others from London. It's the the B and the C are destroyed, and so we were stuck with the A indefinitely. Un- unless you want to put an old recording on there. But whether you can get, I presume whether you get clearance for that, or whether that's a decision you can make on the ground, I I don't know how you operate in that in that sense. But say there are the old tapes. Yes. Very good. Well, let's uh, bring Palmer back and get to SHQ so we can hmm. start our work. I assure you that we shall do everything we can not to cause you personal difficulty. Hmm. Okay. I I sort of take Victor over to the side so that we can talk for a moment without them, any of them overhearing. And I I just say to him, I'd say, you know, it's, it certainly is possible, Victor, that it's not the tape at all, that somebody's installed something in the electronics of the station that broadcasts some sort of signal on top of have a good look at that station you know more of the technical aspect of everything right i I can go in there under the guise of looking for potential sabotage and then grab the tapes or anything related to them while i'm in the numbers station because once again musgrave doesn't know where section 46 and we're just supposed to be investigating cartel, not the number right. of stations or the weird right. things that are happening. So we have to juggle. Exactly, yes. So we shouldn't ask too much about the tapes anyway. You, you can see Palmer coming back around the corner. He's kind of looking over his shoulder back behind him as he's, as he's doing so. And Musgrave kind of catches, you okay there? Uh, you okay there, Palmer? And he, he kind of looks back over to you as the group and just kind of, shrugs a little. sorry i thought i saw something a little weird back there odd back there i thought i saw someone prowling around one of the one of the tool sheds oh uh, where did you say uh, he points uh, back around there's basically like a, uh, an alley which goes around the back of the building that you've pulled up in front of so there's a, there's a series of tool sheds back there and i thought i saw some some old guy uh, walking around back there not in uniform i'm gonna look I towards think- gerald Oh. Yes. Uh, yeah, I'm like we should go check that out. Uh, those of us that have uh, quiet feet. Yes. You haven't been. Uh, we haven't been armed at this point, correct? Uh, you have your sidearms because they came Wonderful. as part of your uniform, right? Because we yeah, got our uniforms on the plane. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Wonderful. Yes. Uh, I'm so, yeah, getting let's... on the other side of the jeep. <laughs> right. <Let's, laughs> uh, I'm thinking we'll we'll sneak, like so we can if they're still there, we'll sneak up and they won't, you know, hopefully see them before they see us. <laughs> I'll stay back. I'm gonna hang out with Musgrave. Okay. Um. 
let's uh stand you're probably sneakier than i am i'll go one way around all right i'll just go normally and yes okay this is going to be a dex roll to see if you can get there before whoever it is sure. cannot be found so i'm looking for an better extreme stats. dex Ooh, that's one of my better stats oh okay oh that's a five and i got a four all right, hey, we're on it. We, we got okay, we're, right. we're, we're um, men on a mission. <laughs> right, indeed, you do spot someone. Then uh, let me dig up his photo. So yeah, this uh, this individual, uh, when you you happen to just go round to uh, round one of the tool sheds, just in time to see a door um, opening, and this man going inside. Um, he's quite old, dressed rather archaically almost like his clothes are really out of time um in fact it's he's got a long almost like a morning coat like it goes a long black coat that goes down uh, behind him almost like a uh, like a butler would wear or maybe a uh, some kind of servant you know and also uh, in one hand just as you uh, start just as he's heading into the building doesn't look like he's noticed you um, just as, he, as he's heading inside, you can see he's carrying something large in one hand. Um, give me an intelligence roll to see if... Uh, intelligence or education to see if you realise what it is. It's a, it's a regular success. Uh, regular for me as well. Okay, yeah, you're, you're maybe not uh, too, uh, too up on particular uh, musical instruments, but it looks a bit like a small cello case. Right. And he seems to be going inside, like he's trying to get into the building. Yeah, he just he just goes he goes inside, and the door shuts behind him. All right, let's. I mean, go in and yeah, right in after him. Try and quietly open the door and you know see what he's up to in there. Give me a stealth roll cover. <laughs> see, uh, and that is a regular success. <laughs> out of sixty-two I, out of seventy. Eighteen under twenty. Hot dice. Okay, right. You managed to you managed to open the door uh, quietly and not make any noise, and you peer inside and have a look a look at what's happening in there. There's no one inside. There is there is nowhere that he could have gone. There is no sound of anything moving inside that inside that tool shed. You can see racks of tools, racks of uh, racks of parts. There is literally no other way that man could have come out apart from coming out through the door that you've come through, uh, that he went in through. M okay. My thing is, I'm going to start looking for secret yeah. doors. <laughs> like, yeah, like I'm pat the floor a little there bit. There must be an explanation, right? <laughs> like, there must be. Give no. me a sanity check. <laughs> All right. Here's where the dice turns south, right? Uh, well, I got a 30. That's all right. We're all right. We're all right still. I mean, it sounds like Gerald ain't okay. Okay, uh, Gerald just lose one because as you as you're uh, knocking around the walls and realizing there is no other door, this isn't some kind of uh, magician's parlor. That this there isn't another secret way in here. There is just the door that you've come in through, and he definitely didn't leave through that door. You you saw that right? No, I, I saw it. He he he's he's gone. He's gone. Um, shit. The entire. I, I knew that people were going to sneak in with these power outages, but this level. What? I don't understand. Where did he go? 
I don't know. Are there any like electronics around the area? There are bits and pieces in terms of electrical parts. Damn it. Nothing. Nothing. I have no idea. We didn't hear anything while we were outside, so it's not like he started playing it. That's ridiculous. I don't know. Meanwhile, back at the Land Rover, what's everyone else doing? I'd like to privately talk to Musgrave and just request like maintenance outfit, maybe some money so I can purchase clothes to blend in. Locals. Um, sure, I mean we can we can get clothes for you. You don't have to worry about money. Uh, we've got we've got outfitters on base. So what what kind of stuff are you looking for? Just regular civvies? Yes, that will do nicely. Uh, yeah, can you also get us a list of all personnel? All personnel on the base? Yeah, how, how many people would be actually be staffed? Uh, hundreds. Yeah. I mean, we have um, we have a massive civilian workforce that work here. I mean, there's a lot of them coming from Aquatory Village. But yeah, this this isn't purely an, it isn't just RAF that work on site. There are hundreds mm. of contractors that come in. And I'm not exaggerating, it is hundreds. Okay, well, let me think and I'll try and narrow that down. Mm -hmm. if, if you need, uh, the, the room that we've got set up for your SHQ has a computer terminal that will access directly into our record system. That will so do. If, you want to look, if you want to look up anything direct, then by all means use that. I mean, there are some paper-only records, but Palmer can take you down to the records room where they are. So, Excellent. Well, right. go ahead. I say, Musgrave, how long have you and Palmer worked together? Oh, a few years now. I've, I've been here for a number of years myself. It's a good relationship. Yeah, Palmer's a great guy. Uh, well, bear in mind, being, being a uh, leading aircraftman, he's always got his eyes set on becoming senior aircraftman. So he's he's one of the most connected people on base, which is one of the reasons why we, uh, why we brought him in as your liaison because he's he's the man that knows how to get the things whether they be legit or in some cases we know he's uh, we kind of turn a blind eye in some cases that he can get illicit stuff as well it's necessary to have uh small valves to release pressure after all indeed uh how, what percentage of the population of aquatari is um dependent on the base for their well-being and livelihood in terms of the, what, how much of a percentage is civilian contractor, or uh, is the is the whole village dependent upon this base, or are relationships oh, yeah. good between the village and the base, that sort of thing? Oh yeah, the the, the vast majority of people that work uh, that live in the village work in the base, so the, I would okay. say a significant, if not all, of the village is reliant upon us. Um, I'd say relationship is perfectly perfectly fine. I mean, we are we are their employer, but also in a lot of cases, their family. Some some cases, we've got the servicemen's oh. family live out there. Right. Is uh, the marina bar and cafe the main watering hole? It's not. I'd want to say the main one, but it's one of several. Um, it's definitely one of several down by the marina. It's oh. not a. Um, it's not exactly what I would call polished and new. But it's a, it's okay on price, which is probably why a number of us uh, frequent it. But there are plenty of places that look a hell of a lot nicer if you wanted to go to somewhere a bit more upper class. 
Uh, where are the fellows? They're taking an awful long time. So is it likely then uh, a possibility that this strange person that Palmer may have seen was just one of the civilian workers on the station? Uh, Musgrove shakes his head. I thought Palmer said that they weren't in uniform, and if anyone's on base, they would... They would be in uniform. Yeah. Yes, where are they? They're taking quite a while. Yeah, you can come back uh, if you need to. Oh, no, um, if you need to, you can come back whenever. Yeah, because I'm trying to think. I don't think there's much else we could do in here because he just disappeared. I, 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 I'm, I'm dumbfounded. I, I don't... Remember where we are in the base? Maybe that's something to it, but... People won't, people would be noticing people just wandering around with instruments, and it wasn't a cello we saw playing. This makes no sense. Yes, let's get back to the others, otherwise, they're going to start asking questions. I suppose we didn't see anything. I guess not. Uh, just a mirage than what we saw. Uh, yeah. uh, yes, uh, didn't see anything. Uh, I thought I heard something, uh, on the air. Is that? Musgrave, Palmer, is there a or Musgrave? There's a uh, there's a band on uh, on the base. Yeah, and there's there's a few. There's obviously the the main like brass band that do the uh, do various uh, like marches and performances. But we've also got and there's a number of bands that operate on base as well. So some down at the uh, the officers' mess. But yeah, we've we've got a, a fairly lively music scene. Any anyone that plays the cello? Cello, uh, uh, nothing, nothing that big. I know there's a. It's more things like uh, guitar or sax, saxophone, piano, that that kind of thing. Well, there's obviously apart from brass. Hmm. I think one guy has a violin. But nothing. I say nothing that big. Interesting. We'll we'll fill the others in later. Oh, anyway, we should get on with our meet. Uh, we should get off to our meeting with, uh, say, Base Commander Knight. So he get, he hops back in the Land Rover, got gestures for you to get in, and at which point then pulls Palmer pulls away and goes back onto the road and heads towards SHQ. That seems like a good point for us to to pause. Ah, justice is getting good. Our players included David Gasway, Alex Sun, Nathan Decker, John Dos Passos, and myself, with Matthew Sanderson as the Keeper of the Secrets. We have a Discord server where you can chat with other members, you can set up private games, and you can learn the finer arts of gameplay and game mastering. We provide audio-only versions of our shows free for you to download from Podbean or iTunes. If you would like to support our show, please visit our Patreon account. Just a dollar to a month helps us a lot. Like, share, and subscribe to our channel and punch the bell icon for updates on our latest shows. And leave us some comments. We enjoy reading them and answering any questions you might have. This is Tom Rayleigh, together with all the members of our gaming club, inviting you to journey with us once again into the darkness for another adventure into the universe of HP Lovecraft and the Call of Cthulhu role-playing game. Until next time, good luck and good gaming. <laughs>